0: Grand Rising everyone, Natalie with your life, spread and coffee, got my coffee here. Ah, yum. Okay, on a little bit later than normal, but whatever, it's snowing here where I'm at, so great. <laughs> Not too much though, because the snow will definitely die down. Oops, technical difficulties today. Okay, let's get started. I want to read from... The Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation, today. Um, And we're going to get on to the next subject. Now, we're talking about the purification, um, in which reason, thought, and um, mental component dominates. Uh, The final stage is salt, the union of the male and female components. Uh, The ultimate salt is the philosopher's stone, which represents transcendence and direct knowledge matter, Made completely aware <clears throat> so matter and and there we go. Um, knowledge is matter made completely aware, aware of itself as um, what we call consciousness, but we believe and there is beliefs that everything is conscious, and I believe that as well. like maybe we're in this big mind, right and the mind is thinking us up, um, could be observing us even kind of strange anyway, we're going to go on to using this uh, secret fire. The alchemists believed that driving force behind the evolution of matter, the connection between mental and physical reality, was fire. They spent um, an inordinate amount of time um, thinking and writing about fire and concluded that it existed in all levels of reality, from the grossest expression of the one thing in ordinary matter to the most subtle and luminous one mind. Generally, the alchemists were very secretive about discussing (coughs) the grades of fire, they use, but one practitioner wrote openly on the subject. He was Benedictine monk by the name of Ant- Anton Joseph, okay, who delineated four different types of fire, from the grossest to the subtlest: elementary, secret, central, and celestial. The elementary fire, uh, which is the fire of our stoves. So, I mean, we could think about fire um it's pretty powerful, and we equate a lot of things to fire energy um and they say it's the hardest element to use um and even internally, we equate the fire energy to our our courage right our our willpower so willpower is a big part of that um also pride um so it teeters on those two internally. Uh, the elementary fire, which was the fire of our stoves, is impure, thick, and burning. This fire is sharp, corrosive, ill-smelling, and is known through the senses. It has for its adobe the surface of the earth and our atmosphere, and just and is destructive. Um, It wounds the senses. It burns. It digests, concords, and produces nothing um it is external uh to the alchemists and separating so we use fire and we use fire okay this is the big thing and you guys may go back in history and see that there's uh myth stories about this that you know man kind of separated because they they got fire um storylines that talk about the fire energy uh separating us from other animals and learning how to use fire um like the jungle book for instance um you know it says man has fire and that, that's what we d- use to destroy things. Um, and kind of when you think about it, it, it everything does go up in flames. Um, you know, when you're thinking about a bullet or you're thinking about these bombs, there's some kind of a heat that's coming out of them. Uh, and it takes a lot of energy to make these things work. And so fire kind of could have been, in a way, our damnation. <clears throat> or our use of fire and how we use fire it could be used though for good where we started to maybe eat differently we started to cook food yeah you know you don't see other animals cooking their food they they eat raw food and not us <laughs> it's okay so fire was huge it was a pivotal time in humanity they say um and we learned how to utilize it harness it and work with it so um, according to uh, Pentry, uh the purest grade of fire was the white celestial fire or the fiery power of God's will. <coughs> God's will. I'm sorry. I keep coughing. I have this nagging dry cough. I'm allergic to something. And I'm sneezing and I'm coughing. So I apologize. Um, here's the big issue with this the white fire see the celestial fire the fire the the fiery powder of god's will um to me this is where our damnation came in terms of consciousness our biggest um this is what i would call like white supremacy people think white supremacy is like color and it is but not color of skin it's deeper than that we set the stage for the damnation of all humanity um and i say all humanity and we we equate mostly um white supremacy with the western world because we would say well there's supremacy everywhere yeah there is and there absolutely is however um putting the patriarch and this white supremacy together um has been the reason why we've just gone out and raped the world we just go and we we extract all the trees we do whatever we think we want to and this consciousness this this, and this is a case that I'll be making as I rise in my education, is that this is what arose within the consciousness that caused us to start to see life through this lens. Because if you see the alchemist, and I tell you that most things start with alchemy, and that the construct of our societies came from alchemy, just go back in history, you'll find out that's what happened, is that they say the fire was pure that the fire was uh, white first, and it was God's will. Do you see that white, God's will? Not saying white skin, white people. However, if you took that equation and applied it to all societies, you would then have an outcome in a storyline that we see the narrative today. White is pure. People, If and here's the deal, I've lived in Asia, So when people say, well, you know, in China, it's not that way in China, they're trying to dye their skin white. There are commercials. It's almost like my jaw just like, Whoa, what is going on? You see they equate whiteness with pureness and that's not the case. That's not the, that's not the truth when it comes to color of skin. Right. But they set up the stage for what I would call white supremacy to, to actually arise in the consciousness. Okay, why? Because we think of white as pure. Everything that we talk about dark is bad. And I'm even trying to change that language so that I can start to change the narrative. Notice the language that we speak about. Even in my class the other day, we were talking about light and light is white. And so they say, you know, light, 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 light. And he said, you know, he didn't even realize he said it. I did. He said, but there's the darkness and the dark matter, and, and it's a tricky, it's it 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 uh the darkness and it's trickery. And I'm like, excuse me. How do you know dark is tricks? It's not. So even then they're saying it's a trickster, that it has some malintent, that that dark matter might have malintent. So not color, so rising above the storyline, right? So here we see that the alchemists do this. Now, I think that this is, and the reason I'm spending time on this is because this is where I think they went wrong. And this is where I think that I would challenge um, this. And of course, I wouldn't be popular to all alchemists, right? Because they would say, oh, she's crazy. But I would challenge their words. But you've got to understand the people that were doing the alchemy were men. You don't, this is all men, 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 men so when they say that the the celestial fire or the fiery powder of god's will was white we start to see that the authority is white the grand authority he describes it as thus the celestial fire is very pure we equate the white to pureness right simple and not burning in itself it has for its sphere The ethereal region, um, whence it makes itself known even to us. Celestial fire shines without burning, and is without color or order, odor. (laughs) Say that weird. Uh, Through its sensible, um, set, um, I'm sorry. Though it is sensibly exhaled, it is gentle and known only by its operations. Okay, so. I'm not saying that the properties that and the language that we described, perhaps what they would say white fire. Um, But then we equate other things to the gross. You know, it digests. it's, it's, it. I mean, we put these words on, on color and then we say it has no color. Well, white is a color. They'll say it's not a color. Another problem, I think that happened in alchemy, another big mistake. And that's why we're on this crazy journey we see today. Of course, don't take my word for it. That's totally up to you to believe. Those are things that I would say that I would challenge um, the alchemists, if I could, of the day um, with that. Because understanding what we understand now and the alchemy and its distortion and how it's created this crazy world, well, part of it's the story and the narrative. You know, some people will just... Bow down to the alchemist and say they knew it all and I'm going to challenge it and say I don't agree And I just don't and there's things I don't agree with Um, and I will point them out. However, that's up to you as an alchemist a spiritual alchemist. You can Figure it out for yourself. You can believe it or not believe it totally up to you Um, because it's open and again I might change my minds later my mind later on but from what I know today and what I gather I say bullshit and I call the bullshit card on some of this. I don't, everything I read, I don't say yes, that's exactly right. That's not the job of an alchemist. We don't sit here and agree with everything. Um, For instance, um, and the best way to do this is like a recipe. Um, Sometimes people will say, follow this recipe. And, you know, it makes these great cakes. Well, for me, I'm like, "Mm, it needs something else. And I change it up a bit until I find the exact combination that I like. And so I change it. So they were were working with a set of principles and looking at nature and putting words on them. And they said, well, this is how we think it is. We think the white light is pure. It's just beautiful. And it's God's will. You know, it belongs to God and he's the ultimate authority and he's white. (laughs) Okay, great. And what about the other stuff? That's not God. It's just, let's just act as though it doesn't belong to everything. Okay. Between these two extremes of elementary fire and celestial fire, the alchemist postulated two other gradients. One was the central fire hidden within the matter, uh, which is God's signature in matter, or the one mind acting on the one thing. According to Pentry, the celestial fire passes into the nature of the central fire, it becomes each internal. <clears throat> sorry endangering uh or i'm sorry engendering um in matter though the celestial fire within matter is pure in itself, it is mixed and tempered um it is um engendered um and enlightened some sometimes without burning and burns sometimes without giving any light it is invisible and therefore known only by its qualities. The celestial fire is lodged in the center of matter. It is tenacious and innate in matter. It is digesting, maturing, neither warm, nor burning to the the touch. So it's almost like this phantom, right? That just kind of exists is what it sounds like. There is yet a fourth grade of fire, and it is the primary fire which the spiritual alchemist worked. It is called the secret fire. Um, and then they went into great uh pains to discuss its true nature. What clues does uh what clues do they give us? The fire of the sun could not be the, se- the secret fire um it is interrupted unequal, and does not penetrate the fire of our stoves, which hinders the union of the miserables and consumes the bond um of the consist- constituent parts, could not be the one. so what I would say is that. Really, what I think they're talking about is light when they talk about fire. Um, what are, what they call pure fire, whatever, is light. And we know now, because see, they were doing this, these alchemic experiences talking about fire. We know now um, a little bit more about the nature of our existence. We can talk in scientific scientific terms. So, you know, back then they have their terms that they use. And I would say they're talking about light. Because light itself um, is unexplainable. We don't necessarily know how to um talk about light. We don't understand light. And any quantum physicist will tell you they don't understand it. They don't know it. They don't know what it does. They don't understand how it operates, which is exciting news for me because that tells us that there's an existence of something greater. It has free will. Um, it's not fully determined because we say, well, we live in determinism, right? And there's this question of, you know, do we have free will or is everything predetermined? Well, both, right? The answer is yes. And this is where we get the paradoxes that we live in because it's kind of hard to think, how can it be both and? But when we start to get to the quantum realm, it is both and, it's not either or. And the, the crazy thing when they start to look at these, Um, tiny, tiny particles, right? Is that they they can go back in, they can actually go back in time and change. They can travel through time. They can, they don't decide what they're going to do until somebody's actually watching what they're doing, even in the future which is strange, right? They do these studies. So, here's the deal, and there's a quote, if you don't if you think you understand quantum physics, you haven't gotten it because no one understands it. Even the scientists will tell you, we don't get it. We understand that it it is 100% will behave the same way, like their their experiments come out the same every time, but they can't understand why it's coming out the same way every time. They don't understand how they're behaving, right? They're wanting them to behave a specific way. And it doesn't fit within the structure that we know or operate in the in the material world we're like what the hell is this this doesn't operate the same way so what's really happening we don't know it's the phantom you can't catch it (laughs) it's it's like you go to try to touch it and it's never there or you think it's going to be this way and it comes out another way so go look up on quantum physics pretty cool stuff and for me i nerd out on this stuff because It allows us to bridge the gap between the material world and the spiritual world. So when they're saying there's this white thing in between and nah, 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 we can't see it, I'm just going to say it's light. That's, a, that's what they're talking about is light and, and the properties of light. You, you can't really, we don't really understand it. We don't know what it is. And that's kind of cool. But what's even cooler is that there's more dark matter and dark energy and they have no idea what that is. They have zero idea. They're just confused, scratching their head. Like, what is this dark matter? And there's so many different things happening, right? It's not just black holes. That's not what dark matter is. It's almost like it's almost like the canvas is black instead of white. I think we have it opposite this whole time. I think we've been, it's been reversed, flipped upside down, where dark is the canvas, white is what paints the picture or illuminates what is in the darkness. So the darkness is there and then what the light hits it, it creates something. So there's this co-creation between the dark matter or the potential, Or the structure was already in the darkness and the light just shows its beauty. The light is able to actually illuminate its beauty. So what's illuminated? Well, the creative potential that was already there in existence, but it was what in the dark. So the darkness we can't say is 100% scary in all these things that we say it is. The darkness is beautiful so it's a change of consciousness right it's it's us understanding we've equated dark with such scary things for so long um, that people are afraid of the dark creepy things happen in the dark well we once came from the dark we came from our mother's womb right and i talk about this all the time so i would say that this what they're talking about is light the celestial fire which is innate in matter cannot be that secret fire so much so much praise because the heat, which in engenders, in is internal and innate in matter. Okay, um, and that which corrupts is external and foreign to matter. So what I'm, what I'm thinking they're saying here. Um, well, let's just read. Fire is external to matter, yet is somehow able to change it or cause it um, cor- corruption. Is that the internal fire that they're talking about is in harmony with where the external fire that we use is corrosive. It, it burns up, it decays, it devours. But the innate fire that we see, which would be light, I would say. It illuminates. We can't touch it, but it doesn't harm it just shows it shows right so the secret fire is outside of matter um this cannot be part of the consciousness or life force of the alchemist himself this heat is very different within the generations of individuals in three kingdoms the animal possesses it in a much higher degree than the planet furthermore he tells us I identified the secret fire was known and concealed ever since the invention of the writing um, in allegories and fables of the philosopher um, have given the secret fire, the name sword, lance, arrow, javelin. Um, It is the fire which Prometheus stole from the heaven and Vulcan employed to form the thunderbolts of Jupiter and the golden throne of Zeus. So we see in mythology, the connections to fire and what they were used for and how they show up in the mythology, allegories, all of these things, the power. We know that Zeus, right, when we talk about Greek mythology, was like the ultimate god. He created human and all this stuff. That's the story. And what does he possess? Fire. Well, lightning, which is light. So we're just really talking about light here. And we're saying that perhaps light exists outside of matter, Um, but we're finding that not to be true, right? So science is kind of good in a way because it gives us an idea that it's not outside of us, it's in us and it's with us and it's everything, right? That these quantum things that exist within it and it illuminates again, the darkness. So everybody focuses on the light. And I think that's the big issue here in alchemy, in my personal opinion, again, that historically speaking, the alchemists were so ingrained in the fire, so ingrained in light, so ingrained in the purity of things, um, that they dismissed the darkness altogether, or I won't say altogether, or they said that it was the The gross, the DOS, the the murky of the murky, which I would say I don't 100% agree with that. I just don't. Um, And I think that the consciousness is changing, and I think this will be the healing of our consciousness, right? How do we heal consciousness understanding this narrative or this storyline? Well, once they start to understand dark matter, um, they don't know. They just don't know. And perhaps they're a little afraid. You know, the darkness has beauty, and perhaps it has things that we're afraid of too. It could be both. But then light itself can demolish and destroy too, as you heard with the fire. It too can destroy. It, it has both. It has the ability to illuminate, but it also has the ability to burn down and destroy. So, both, right? Same. Not all just one thing, but the purity of light is what they're talking about. Well, what about the purity of darkness? Where does that lie? The pure darkness and the pure light, and then everything in between, right? How do we bridge the gap between the two, or how do we join the two, rather? When you can find the purity of darkness, and and this is something that just came to me right now, (laughs) it's an epiphany, is that when we can find our pure darkness and find our pure light and that we consummate the two, we have a joining, right, of that purity. We can't just say, oh, I'm illuminating into the light. Well, where does the light take you? Eventually it takes you back to darkness. Okay, because look at the, if we looked at it scientifically, if we took the the words that we're saying and we applied it to the actual natural law, which is what we do as alchemists, we said, oh, we're going to flash this light into the cosmos. That light will go up and illuminate and at some point it dissipates back into darkness. It doesn't stay light forever. You see? So we illuminate back into darkness. That's kind of my thing right now. It's kind of where my consciousness is going. Again, not necessarily have to agree with it. Just ponder it. You know, it's all theoretical. But we can also say it's kind of scientific as well. But again, in a framework of science, right, which is theoretical, nobody really knows what's going on. We we can't say for 100% certainty that we know exactly what's going on nobody can but we utilize the tools that we have and then we co-create with what what's here with the all of the materials that are here all of this was a co-creation with nature with the divine and it kind of went south we we went south and that's what i think consciousness healing that's where i'm getting my degree is a consciousness and healing how do we heal the consciousness so that we can then co-participate with nature itself well, we heal consciousness by recognizing where we actually inserted trauma into the consciousness. <laughs> and the alchemists, I believe, were incorrect. That's just what I believe. I don't know if they did it intentionally or if they did it because they were so focused on how fire transforms and transmutes. And then they wanted to make gold. And that's not even what alchemy was designed for. Woe to the gold-maker It was a spiritual process, so again, the darkness, the pure darkness, and the pure light. How do we create both? Okay, now that true nature of the secret fire becomes clearer, swords, arrows, similar objects are symbolic of the power of thought, and especially the ability to present higher truth courageously, without regard to sentiment or social expectations for instance in the book of revelations the two-edged sword emerges from the mouth of the sword which is pictured as a two-face which beams like the sun so the secret fire is not the scorching blaze of consciousness experienced in the calcination but the warm nourishing heat it is the heavenly inspiration that burns steadily within the person the secret fire is a higher consciousness here you go higher these words, higher consciousness. No, I'm sorry. Now, again, you guys can believe this and that's totally up to you. I will tell you that my way of thinking doesn't need to be your way of thinking. That's not what an alchemist does. Um, We figure out our own elixirs. We figure out our own ways of um, understanding the world. We apply it. And where I see is misdirect. I call it misdirect. I can see through um, codes and say, "Mm, not necessarily. I don't agree with that. We don't want to agree with everything because if we agreed with everything, we would continue on the same projection that we are currently on the projection of what? Well, self-destruction. That's where we're headed. (laughs) We're headed towards that. And it's because our alchemy is incorrect. We did something wrong in the equation. Not right. It's not correct. And I'm saying, well, here's why I think it's not correct. Here's where I think they need to shift. Am I a hundred percent correct? No, I might be missing some things that I don't know, and that's fine. But I open up the dialogue at least for other people who are alchemists and understand this information to say, ah, you know what? Yeah, this is it. Here's what we need to reintegrate back into our alchemic process so that we can start to heal. You know, we're we're just teetering on one side of things at this point. And I just don't know if we're gonna actually if, our, if we're going to expand our consciousness, and I don't want to say higher levels, I want to say expansion of, there's no, like, if we look at nature itself, see, these words have to change because there's a the higher levels. People say, well, I just want to, I'm going to be enlightened. And they think it's like this staircase of illumination and that they're going up, you know, we have these ladders up to heaven. And the reality is nature doesn't even work that way. As an alchemist, that's incorrect because we we observe nature and apply it to ourselves, the if we look at science now and what it says about the universe it's expanding it's not elevating it's expanding so i would say expand your consciousness how do we do that well sometimes we have to look at the traumas right we have to remember what's in our subconscious mind and there's sort of these layers that help us to expand our consciousness. Now, if we change the wording and the language, we'll start to see the world a little bit different. In fact, here's the big thing. We'll start to have compassions for our, our compadres. <laughs> I've been hanging a lot of Spanish around my life, so that's good. But our brothers and our sisters, right? Our comadres, compadres, compadres, our brothers, our sisters, the people that we care about, we'll start to expand and have empathy for them because we don't think we're above them. We're not saying, oh, um, I'm on a higher level of consciousness. You're gonna hear this by people. I used to say it because there wasn't a language to understand what I was saying. And I wasn't saying I was above them. I just didn't have the words. Like, well, then what do I say? Well, my consciousness has expanded. It's expanding, and that's what we see in the universe. So as within, so without, the universe itself is expanding, or it seems to be expanding, and so we can expand our consciousness, so when people don't get it, you can't just say, oh, we're just on another level of consciousness, we're just, we're on another level, no, you're not on another level, you've just expanded your consciousness, and your scope of understanding, and everybody has the potential to do that, even the brain itself has neuroplasticity. We can, we can apply that to nature itself. So why are we using old alchemy? Well, because we thought they were geniuses, right? We're looking at these alchemists like they're geniuses, and of course they have the answers. They know how to uh, make gold. They're looking for the philosopher's stone, for immortality. I'm like, really? I'm not looking for immortality. I'm immortal just by my own right because the universe is a creative potential. It creates. That's what it does. It's it's a creative emergence of of this beautiful thing. And sometimes it's crazy and chaotic. That too is beautiful, even though we're, we're afraid of it. It constructs and reconstructs. That's what nature does. That's why butterflies are like the... The biggest thing of transformation. There's another, they use something else besides the butterfly, I can't remember, but the butterfly itself, it like eats its whole self up and creates its own little cocoon thing to come out. (laughs) I'm saying the wrong words, but still, that's what it does. It deconstructs and reconstructs. That's like the law of nature. So, asking yourself, like, even in these conversations, people say, I had an awakening, an epiphany. I don't know how to talk to my people. What language are you using? And that's the big piece. How am I applying this and how am I speaking to individuals? What language am I using? Because if you told people, if you were in a group of individuals and they're like, oh, we're just on a higher level. And you looked at them and say, well, that's okay. You know, people think that. I'm not saying they're wrong. But giving them an opportunity to think of it differently and like, well, I'd like to think that maybe I'm just expanding my, my understanding of life a little bit more. Maybe not on a higher level, but an expansion. Because then what it says is that everybody can fit into that expansion. And we do. Like, we're it's not like, oh, here's your level and <laughs> and there's no room for anything else if you do that. Think about it. If, check this out. If, another way to look at it, if we say we're on a higher level, okay, <laughs> and we're at the highest level, well, we have nowhere to go. There's no room for expansion there. It's like somebody saying they know it all. I would never say, I the more that I know, the more I know I, know, I don't know. I have no clue. And you can't say you know. You know why? Because scientists don't even know. And they're for the first time putting down their egos and pride and saying, we don't know what the hell is going on. Oh, good. Thanks. After all that, after you destroyed the entire world, now you're saying you don't know. We should probably put spirit back into things. We should probably recognize that. Then the church itself, I'm sorry not to put down the church, but these are the true dialogues. This is the reality of how things are going. The church said, oh, discredit science. That can't be truth. Only the word is the truth. And now they're saying, oh, shit, maybe we ought to change, too because science is saying something different than the narrative we gave. Well, duh, you got to match the narrative to what we're seeing in the world. That's what alchemy does. And if you don't change it and you don't start to, then what happens, we're not co-creating with, with nature, with the divine. That's what we're here to do. We're part of that co-creation. We're part of that creative potential and we get to co-create. So I would say not above, I would say expanding consciousness. And healing consciousness as well. People say, Well, I'm above. Well, are you healed? What's in that subconscious mind? Okay, so you can say fancy words and you can talk fancy things, but how are you applying it to your life? That's a whole other story. You wouldn't even, you'd be humble. I'm telling you, this work humbles you very quickly. (laughs) It's not easy. And it humbles you because you realize that there's so many layers. There's so many layers. And also makes it fun like I enjoy it it's fun it could be a roller coaster at times and not so fun at times but at the end it's kind of like oh yeah I went through that crazy roller coaster and look at now I'm cruising and then that's kind of cool where I've had an epiphany all of a sudden I was self-sabotaging and now I have these epiphanies it's like whoa what in the world so remember, healing consciousness, that is the big thing right now. That's a big thing for me. <clears throat> so, and the sword, I want to go into one more thing. The sword, if for those of you who are into tarot, want to understand tarot, because people, some people are afraid of it, but there's no need to be afraid of it. It's not a fortune telling thing. It's more of a diagnostic. I like how my friends says it's more of a diagnostic, and I think a counseling session usually. Um, however swords are in the tarot deck are related to the mind and the word. So you see we have this storyline that's played out and people really don't know the interconnection. They're afraid to see that there's this interconnection and that this is not new information. Um and that it was hidden from us, but they have it in the Bible. So tarot is in the Bible, whether you want to believe it or not, it is. Swords and then there was the word which was a sword. Well, that came straight from tarot. <laughs> Straight from alchemy. You see? It's all interconnected, not separate. Look into alchemy. It's not gonna the, the thing with alchemy, and the thing I love about it is people say, Well, are you Catholic? Are you Christian? Or are you what are you? And I'm like, Well, I'm a spiritual alchemist, meaning that I um do I believe in Christ. I believe that Christ had some amazing and the Bible has some amazing passages in there that are very relevant still today. That I don't have to discredit that entire system. And I don't. I was born and raised Catholic. So there are, there are teachings in there. But these teachings came from before even the Bible was created. And these teachings continue to thrive on. There's a reason why. Because the truth will prevail. We're always going to have this information available to us. The grand design gives it to us because we're part of it. We're emerging from it. This idea of emergence instead of created. We emerged. And I say, well, aliens, and they have all these ideas. Okay, well, aliens emerged too. Nothing can be outside of the emergence of the grand design. It's within it. It's a part of it. It's interconnected. And now they're trying, they're finding that in science, which is what I'm sure they found out in Egypt ages ago, because they talked about it. (sighs) We're just now discovering, no, you're not. They talked about it in all those ancient texts. Thank you. We're just reemergence and we're reintegrating and we're recognizing that our alchemy was incorrect. Incorrect. Or it was intentionally incorrect. And that's what I will say because the intention behind the alchemy that was created, especially America, uh, was intentionally created that way. Um, and they understood that there was going to be an outcome. However, they could not calculate for the consequences um, years later, which is where we are today. And now they're saying, oh shit, uh, now what do we do? <laughs> well, go back. Your alchemy's wrong. We got to reintegrate now. Or we're killing everything that's what that's what's gonna happen okay anyway, sorry secret fire is higher consciousness and I would say the secret fire is an expansion of consciousness, not higher. I want to go change the words the thoughts from above uh, that enlighten us okay this is the thought that is the highest sense equivalent to God <clears throat> equivalent to God thought who speaks only the true true word which through And notation and vibration acts on matter to create new incarnations of the mind. Now, we see this, which is cool, in alchemy. We're talking about vibrations. Now, I know that you guys have done this. I know you guys have watched these videos. Pretty cool. Where we see how vibration and tone changes the actual um, patterning. So put some sand on a table. They'll play these different vibrational tones and you'll see different patterns show up. Pretty cool. That's what it's saying. Vibration and frequency changes. It can change your DNA. It can change all kinds of different things. Um, And then they talk about food and the food's vibration and what we eat and we are what we eat. And so that amplification on the different foods we eat and and the the vibration tone that it's sending out, in order for it to stay together, there's a certain frequency that's happening there, which is kind of cool, right? We're a part of that so the word itself is the vibration the tone and that's why they say words create and that's why they say be careful what you wish for be careful what you say be careful how you speak you speak things into existence same thing we're shaping our reality based on the tonality and that's where words came from right like we we created these words and symbols as a way to interact um and you see it and you have sound bowls you have sound healing i mean I don't know if you guys have ever done a sound healing, pretty awesome. I mean, not pretty, it's phenomenal. You lay there and people go around with song bowls, and I mean, you just feel different, you can feel the vibration. It's really cool. Um, so hopefully you've done that, and if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, and so to some extent, this divine power is shared by humans and power-inspired thought and imagination. Here we go. Inspired thought and imagination that is what i was talking about the other day that is what we're missing is thought and imagination people are too scientific they want to see the results they are like we need the proof um but here's the deal and this hopefully will excite those who are creative and imagination the proof is telling us that we don't know what the hell is happening that's awesome we don't know it's not determined now there is some We know what's predetermined, which is chaos will create a pattern, but we don't know what that pattern is. It's not predetermined. It's really based on us and our consciousness and how we apply and what we observe and how we co-create with the divine. So we do have an active role in the co-creation of the world and reality. We're all co-participants of it, which is kind of cool. So if we understand how to co-participate and we do it from a healing place, which means an expansion of consciousness, not necessarily a higher consciousness. I would say an expansion of because the self-awareness allows us to expand. And when we can see a bigger picture, we're able to say, oh, and get more creative and see the interconnections. Also, when we expand our consciousness, we heal our subconscious mind. So it's not that we're elevating the subconscious mind. It's that we're expanding our consciousness to make room for that healing in the subconscious. The subconscious mind arises and it says, let me look at it. Let me be aware of it. And let me expand my consciousness so that it fits and I can start to heal it and I have some self-awareness around it. Now, we can't get away from using these words as above, so below, all that. It's, it's still going to be part of the storyline. But language creates. So finding new ways to communicate what we see and our, our existence in the world and how we are participating, that is going to change and is going to heal if we understand how to utilize these particular logos from our, we say, ethos into the logos, right? How do we take the imagination and how do we apply it, but when we are using our imagination from a healing space, the healing of the consciousness itself. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Um, You know, kind of went on longer. But um, how you quicken your soul. So this is um, the next phase talked about the secret fire I gave my two cents about what I think it is (laughs) where I think there were misdirects um like I said I don't just read everything and say oh yeah I agree with it completely what I know from alchemy as I apply it I would say there's a lot of things that I don't agree with and I would have challenged alchemists of the past if I was in the past (laughs) I'm challenging them now they're not here to defend or say no or tell me why I would be wrong (laughs) So when an alchemist wants to step forward and say, hey, you want a challenge? Um, No, more I want to expand my consciousness (laughs) and understand why it is you think that um, there's this hierarchy uh, in the universe when science tells us there's not. Okay. Anywho. So have a great day. um, And I will see you guys on Monday. And lots of love. Okay. Bye-bye.